Welcome back to Millennial Z and Boomer X. I'm Boomer X. And I'm Millennial Z. And we're talking about eating and diet over the years. Uh, what I saw since I was a wee lad and could remember to what I see now and what uh, Millennial Z has experienced over the uh, decades because he is yeah. 28 years old. So he has more than a little bit to share. Not to mention <laughs> how we eat and are try not to eat. Uh, depending on what we're trying to accomplish with regard to exercise, lifestyles, foods available, right. that kind of thing. And that has certainly changed drastically since I was a small child. Mm -hmm. um, but the, I think the first thing I wanted to ask you about it was how, how was diet thought about when, while growing up? Was it really, because now diet to me has just gained so much more knowledge to the common person about yeah. how they should go about eating. Yeah. Um, how, how was that? How was that? Was it just mostly just whatever was around and most of it was healthy well, anyway? I'll, I'll tell you again, you know, we were growing up, we were not rich. Uh, we were, you know, we were self-sustaining. I mean, uh, both my parents worked to make sure, you know, we had stuff, but, mm -hmm. uh, now until I was six or seven, seven, now that I'm thinking about it, we lived in a suburban small town. And then we moved to a rural, very rural area when I was seven and we grew right. our own food, had, you know, a couple of cows, uh, some pigs, lots of chickens, um, mm -hmm. dogs, cats, that kind of thing. And we grew our own food. That's so, already super alien, by the way, for most yeah, people. Yeah, now, right. For and, Americans. and we ate seasonally, but actually many people ate seasonally back then. And I can still remember going with mom to the grocery store when I was, you know, four, five, six, when we lived in that small little town uh, outside a major Southern city and you got bought and prepared what was available. And that was generally seasonal. Now there were some, you know, trucking and transportation, shipping things in from around the country that was right. starting up back then in the uh, late sixties, early seventies. But in general, that's what you had and mm -hmm. uh, canned goods were used, but everybody preferred fresh. That's what they got. That's what was available and it, frozen, not so much. They didn't flash. There was not such a mm -hmm. thing as flash freezing. And okay. if you had a frozen food, it was generally not good. They didn't know how to prepare it. They didn't know how to freeze it. They didn't know how to transport it. Yeah. They didn't know how to didn't taste well it. at all. Yeah. It, frozen food during that time was garbage um, <laughs> now <laughs> now it's it may be some maybe consider it garbage but for the wrong reasons not because the food quality is bad but because the way it's prepared and sold is bad but the mm. food itself is pretty good like if you buy frozen peas now or frozen broccoli or flash mm -hmm. frozen fruits and vegetables Mixed vegetable bag yeah that's typical. actually pretty good food yeah uh, almost mm -hmm. fresh if you know how to yeah. prepare that steam it mm -hmm. uh lightly boil it braise it stir fry it you're gonna have good food yes yeah. it tastes slightly different than fresh right. food but right. not much but it's frozen differently mm -hmm. now transported differently and kept differently so it stays it's absolutely frozen as much as can be reasonably done with current technology mm -hmm. kept that way until it's sold to you and it's it's pretty good because I've tried different things and it's much better than the canned stuff or any preserves oh, yeah. that were prepared. If we when we yeah, canned stuff inevitably more corn syrup and salts in it than yeah, than the and even if not, it's it's just or fruit typically pickled or cooked down to the point where vinegar problems before, yeah or, or prepared with vinegar or some other preservative, even if it's natural to be canned. So you could survive on it, you know, during the winter when nothing was available. But it no, wasn't very not good. the quite taste you're going for when you're trying to for a fresh right. food for a salad or something right. or or just right. some extra greens in your dish. Yeah, the only like thing I like can dish with it. Yeah, can now or is like I like beets and I know that's verboten oh, to a lot of boy. people. But I no. really like canned beets. <laughs> and <laughs> you cook you those. You like dirt. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, they have a certain kind of flavor. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. they obviously have some minerals in there that my body craves. I like them. Mm -hmm. And especially if they're in some sort of vinegar seasoning or dressing when they're canned and they do sell them like that. 
I, I buy it and that's my favorite yeah. way to eat them. Now I like them fresh too, but I do different things. I'll put them in salads, do different things with them, but they're hard to find fresh because nobody likes them hardly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. They're usually canned or jarred or something like that. And they're cooked down and they're easier to uh, prepare and eat. Uh, but that's, that's just an aside. The food availability was not the same as you have now. You have a lot more food mm -hmm. available now than you did. I you always think about that going into the grocery store and thinking about, you know, you mentioning seasonal. I thought about that multiple times. Like I can just grab an apple anytime. Yeah. Anytime now, I want a watermelon. Now, honestly, uh, when I was a child, you could, you could grab an apple because they, they were just like, they were just starting to mm -hmm. send people all over and i'm talking about the united states just starting so what was more seasonal what was more of a seasonal fruit and vegetable that you had a weight on i mean squash. watermelon i say but watermelon really sure. is still kind of weightable like right. to get really good watermelon you have to yeah. wait for the I mean, watermelon, you get watermelon from california and arizona but it tastes like watermelon from california and arizona <laughs> right <laughs> it's flavorless you know and it's mm -hmm. okay if you want it it's better than nothing you know mm -hmm. but um the, the real seasonal vegetables were uh, asparagus brussels sprouts squashes of various sorts eggplants certain types of other yeah. things uh certain tomatoes that, so. <laughs> and other things that you just now you can get them year round mm -hmm. year round all the time back then you could not uh, there were always yeah. vegetables available but it might not be the vegetable you wanted because mm -hmm. they simply weren't growing and for another few months one uh little fun fact i found it very Fresh, interesting while, of course I'm not while we're searching this right or whatever. was um 94 of america is gets their food from industrial farming they don't there's sure. no like local gardening or anything there's no other way 94 percent yeah unless you want to grow it yourself of course and who wants to do that i can tell you i don't right because mm -hmm. i did it i remember pulling weeds every day harvesting picking off bugs composting mm -hmm. fertilizing watering looking out for it and i'm it's, telling you it's, it's not work. only that you can do the market I did that you can do... after school you know and yeah that was on top of the other things i had to do would feed the animals and all that and nobody wants to do that i mean it's about making your life uh enjoyable to you unless that's your thing if you love doing that more power to you then you can feed yourself right now i'll say one thing i learned a lot from it and a lot of those techniques are outdated now they've they've learned better ways to grow in smaller spaces with better fertilizers and mm -hmm. different things. And they were heavy on chemicals when I was a kid. So, you know, if you had a bug problem, <laughs> you just poison it. And some of the chemicals would poison you too. So they Damn. learned those lessons there. It's probably extra protein or something in there for you. Right. That's good. <laughs> right. Make you live longer. It's uh, preservative, <laughs> right? Right. But anyway, <laughs> no. So th they had to learn some things there. They're not as, uh, the chemicals now are safer. Uh, mm -hmm. They're also more available. There's also nitrogen fertilizer, known. a lot less available since the bombings that have occurred. Right. But, you know, you, you I can keep still up get with it. some um, self sustaining methods Just, of gardening, and they have some organic ways of, yeah, it's, of it's doing not, it. Look, it's not that difficult. Humans mm -hmm. have been doing it for over a hundred thousand yeah. years, tens of thousands. If you go by archeological records, history that has shown it, but I promise you, we've been planning things longer than that. But there's more avenues than just growing at your own. There's the local food market. Sure. There, which has Pro been growing. Farmer's market. Farmer's market, which is growing. But with as many people as we have today in dense areas, you're going to have more industrial stuff. It just has to exist simply so mm -hmm. we can feed everybody because yeah. most people. Well, as, as the nutritional win. awareness has been getting up recently because people, I mean, half of America is afflicted with some type of cardiovascular disease. I mean, that's, well, that's I no joke. That's, yeah. And, and I'm not surprised about that, but that is not due to the food. That's as not much as solely it's due, due to, to the food, but a, right. a, a lot of it is their diet. Right. I, I think that's due to the diet, but that's different. Right. That's, a, that's food choices, not because mm -hmm. apples are now bad for you. No, 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 no. Um, I'm not saying that. I'm saying yeah. more people are becoming more aware of what nutri what's nutritional for them and seeing like, oh, well, I shouldn't be drinking sodas every day, all day. Yeah, you know, well, that was a thing. big thing when I was a kid. Uh, we were obviously, now I can say this at my age, I'm 55, we were lied to most of our lives about what was good for you 
uh, mm-hmm. in food, what was available and what was cheap. You know, the, the sugary food, sugary was touted on the cereal boxes when I was a kid right. as being a good thing. Give your kid energy, make them ready for the day and all this other stuff. And it was a box full of sugar and processed wheats, which simply turned into sugar in your gut when mm-hmm. you ate them, especially when it was coated with sugar. So that was a big deal. And that was an entire aisle of food. And it's still, that legacy is still there today. You can get yeah. cereal boxes and you'll find that now nobody wants to say the word sugar, but it's still there. Uh, except now they don't it's, actually yeah. use sugar. They use corn syrup, which is, you know, what it is. Worse. <laughs> yeah, it's considered <laughs> worse, but I, I think it's probably the same. Probably. However, it that's you know that didn't start happening until the 60s that little kids sat down before then but i remember eggs and bacon and that kind of thing but people the reason why 50 percent and it wasn't i know it wasn't that large when i was a kid there weren't that many overweight people Uh, food simply was not that available and it was a lot more expensive for the person's paycheck back then than it is now now mm-hmm. in the last couple of years i think it's starting to creep back up but food got incredibly cheap in the 80s 90s and early 2000s mm-hmm. as related to how it used to be i can remember now the prices if you go look at some old movies or tv shows you'll see the prices like steak 69 cents a pound that's crazy but if you look at the time minimum yeah, wage proportionally a, a buck an hour mm-hmm. you know that was a big difference. Uh, and I say yeah. 69, it was, that was for a cheap skirt steak. That wasn't for something you'd want to eat like on the right. grill or something. So it is definitely different. Food doesn't take up as large as your paycheck. Now I know some people argue that, but you're probably the person running down to the restaurant buying already prepared food at an exorbitant price rather than buying and preparing it yourself. Yeah. I'm talking about people buying raw food to prepare mm-hmm. themselves and eat. I'm Ingredients. not talking about correct. I'm not talking about <laughs> restaurants. That's that's right. a different subject altogether. I'm talking about raw food that you take home and prepare and eat. It yeah, is, I would uh, say that's also a huge difference from your time growing up to our time is just the availability a, of fast food alone is yes, probably insanely yeah, different. Right. I didn't there was no there there still isn't a fast food restaurant available in that small village where I grew up. But in mm-hmm. the town, they got one, I think like after I was grown, like, you know, 20 years later, it's, it, Make it just wasn't there. Right. Yeah. It wasn't there. The first, the first fast food restaurant in the general area. And I'm, I'm talking about a 30 mile radius was uh Wendy's. Right. And, and then it took, several years for a mcdonald's to show up so that took no i take that back the first one was sonic sonic oh was wow the first. sonic, yes. sonic yes. pushing labels that was huh? uh sonic you know southern rural areas you know sparsely populated sonic was first and that was when they roll they wore roller skates and they had to learn know how to roller skate i remember but, that when i was yeah. little they still did that yeah and but they had to now i think you had a choice but back then you had to and the, the roller skate craze was in effect. They had discos and skate rinks mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So it was part of their feel. And Sonic was the first that was around for several years, then Wendy's and several years later than McDonald's. And mm-hmm. it took probably another four or five years before Burger King showed up. So it, that sounds about right. Poor old mm-hmm. Burger King. Yeah. It's trying. <laughs> They're, yeah, they're always, they always seem to be behind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but again, food was more expensive to the average person back then. Mm-hmm. It was co- more costly in relation to other things you had to purchase and how much you made. Uh, rent was a lot cheaper, but food was a lot higher. Fuel was a lot cheaper, but food, right. food was higher. You know, that kind of appliances were a lot more expensive. A lot so- more expensive. I don't know. Let's see if this correlates with what your experience was. I got this from PewResearch.org. Um, Americans eat more chicken and less beef than they used to. They drink yes. less milk, especially yes. whole milk, and eat less ice cream. Yeah, we. But they consume way more cheese. Yes. Their diets include less sugar than in prior decades, but a lot more corn-derived sweeteners, corn syrup. Mm-hmm. And while the average American eats the equivalent of 1.2 gallons of yogurt a year, which is 
phenomenal to me because I don't eat any yogurt. <laughs> he or she also consumes 36 pounds of cooking oils, which is believable, and more than three times as much as in the early 1970s. Cooking oil? Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. Probably 36 in the form pounds of, of cooking oils. Salad dressing, I would imagine. Um, I don't see I don't them. Know. They don't fry as much. As, again, we're growing up in the deep south and they fry. Yeah. Everything. everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah everything can be make fried. it taste good fry it yeah. yeah or just to try it hey i wonder what this would you want battered broccoli that's a pretty good idea you know it's <laughs> that's just the way it is so and you're just talking to us not this isn't a world survey right this is just america yeah, yeah united states yeah i i can see that us uh, and i would imagine it's because other areas of the country are learning southern techniques to cook because we're a lot more mobile now than we used to be when i was a kid so mm-hmm. you have a per capita rise in the use of oils. I mean, to me, though, like pounds like of we have fried oils, chicken and fried fish all the time. It seems a bit ambiguous because olive oil doesn't seem that bad to me. It's olive oil, you know, pure olive oil, virgin olive oil, that bad. But mm-hmm. we were we were deep frying things in lard. So, yeah, yeah, that's probably not the best for you. Now that I mean, watching old New Orleans uh, cooking shows, I guarantee that guy, everything was a little bit of butter was at least one stick of butter. Yes, at that's a little one bit. Stick one stick is a little bit. <laughs> one yeah. stick of butter is a little bit of butter. Uh-huh. Right. Everything if had at least one stick, stick of butter in it. If it's a good amount of butter, then it's the whole it's pound. Two, yeah. <laughs> a good amount two of to butter. Two to three sticks. Yeah, lots of butter. It's two pounds. <laughs> and yeah, that's for one, one recipe. That's not, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. But that's the way people cooked uh, down here. So mm-hmm. it, it wasn't surprising. And yeah, remember, people did consume a lot more milk. They had milk delivered to their door every morning. Right. Until yeah. I, until we moved. Which is still crazy the, to think into of. Into a rural area, into the country. And it was done until I think early 70s. Then it stopped just because it wasn't financially feasible. And the grocery stores got more runs of milk. Mm-hmm. And it simply didn't work out for these milk delivery companies. But milk, butter, ice cream, all that, all the dairy products were delivered in a cool down van to your door. Now, I'm surprised somebody's not making a comeback with that because with everything you can get delivered to your door now, you think nobody's delivering milk, yogurt, cheese, because like you said, everybody's consumed that and gourmet ice creams are coming out of the woodwork and Mm. people have to be eating them or they wouldn't be constantly making them. Right. So I'm a bit surprised that's not coming back because you could charge a pretty penny now for something that was relatively inexpensive. I remember waking up and my mother, I was four years old, asking me to bring the milk in because she heard the milkman drop it off. And it was a gallon of milk and a glass jug, one gallon glass jug with a be super heavy. Yes, it was. I was four. <laughs> I could barely pick it up <laughs> and bring it in, just bring it inside with some butter and yogurt. I mm-hmm. can remember that. And it's that glass had to be super thick too. Cause it it's just a gallon thick. of liquid. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And you're, it's, you're moving around. It's like a pourable container. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That had to be and, huge. And you had to leave and you left them out. So these mm-hmm. were not plastic things you threw away. All these things were either paper, uh, wax coated paper or glass. So none of this was going to be, you know, uh, destroying the environment. So Disposed. that's another reason why. Yeah. I'm surprised they're not bringing that back. All of it's biodegradable material that would just break down if it was left alone. Right. Uh, and the glass is glass. You can reuse that as many times as you can until you break it. Then you can just melt it down and use it again. Mm-hmm. But I'm, it's curious. But the, the veil of the, the, I think the cheapness and availability of food is what's, and the sedentary nature of our jobs now is what's causing the, obesity epidemic that you see yeah that simply didn't exist in because there wasn't again it was expensive to eat a lot of food mm-hmm. and it's not as much food was available mm-hmm. and people had a different idea of what portion sizes are back yeah. then than they do now you ate then until you were no longer hungry you hoped you know? i actually have a fun fact for that between 1970 and 2010 average um Grain consumption in the U.S. jumped by nearly 50% from a little over 400 calories per day to just under 600 calories per day. 
Um, yeah. The average daily caloric intake jumped by 20% from about 2200 in 1970 to about 2600 today. Yeah, that's a huge uptick. So you can see how, and it happens gradually. And you know, if you have, if you grow up with food scarcity, and I'm sure a lot of my people did in my age group, mm -hmm. you don't want your kids to be hungry. You want to give them everything you can. But now right. there's sugary stuff available everywhere. There was then, but through the 90s, there was this huge and the early 2000s thing about you had to avoid fat at all costs because it made you fat and it gave you heart attacks. Fat killed you. And yeah. that destroyed people and it made them fatter because mm -hmm. in order to make something taste good, to be palatable and make people want to buy that product. And if you remove the fat, what are you going to put in there? Sugar. sugar. Yeah. So you fill it with sugar and you make it worse than if it would have mm -hmm. had the fat in it. Yeah. And that happened for two decades. And it just, and you could see the people blowing up if you paid attention <laughs> over the years. At least I did. And you mm -hmm. easily got out of control after that. And then, of course, you had better uh, freezing techniques and better packaging and more processed foods available through the 90s because of that remo fat removal thing and then putting more things out. It started in the 80s, but it really blew up in the 90s and it perpetuated through the early 2000s and into the mm -hmm. teens. And here we are now with essentially the food industry and marketing ruining people's diets and it's yeah. really and it's really simple if you just eat actual foods instead of processed things you're going to avoid that problem like i eat very simply you know that we grew up that mm -hmm. way i can cook very sophisticated but i don't like to do it unless for for a special occasion my palate and my body prefer simple foods i really enjoy beans and sausage over rice <laughs> and yeah and i'll eat it often and you're not going to mention your real culprit oh fried chicken stew oh you're a stew yeah. guy stew and soups you know yeah, stew yeah. And you soups. Know that. i i love <laughs> stew and soups i will make them 80 percent of your diet is stew and soups. No, it seemed that way for a while <laughs> they're good for you you use them with whole food they are good for you you cook them down they're easy it to is, make they're good for you it lasts yes, forever it, it lasts a long time they're hearty mm -hmm. and you're going to have a difficult time eating too much soup. And it's cheap and it's cheap to make a lot if of it. You know it. how to make it. Yeah. It, and, and, and it will taste better than almost anything else you can make. If you know how to yeah. make it, if right. you know For how the, to make it with right. the same ingredients. Right. 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 If you learn how to make it with the proper seasoning, herbs, vegetables, meats, and other mm -hmm. things. And the way I do broths, my broths are actually pretty complicated. For I do know. Soup. I noticed one huge thing growing up and going to other people's houses was everybody had a pantry full of junk food. Yeah. And I didn't grow up saw that, that way. Yeah. You never saw that. We never I didn't grow up that way going to Momo and Pawpaw's. She, Momo and Pawpaw, Momo was the culprit of that. She yeah. was known for having little sweets yeah. and candies, but and she it was very it minor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She didn't it was very minor. Mm-hmm. All no. my other family members who we went to their houses didn't really have this pantry phenomenon where they would have just a, a whole shelves full of just junk, just junk food, yeah. chips, cookies. That's pretty common. Uh, I noticed that when I went to other stuff. people's houses as a kid. We didn't have it growing up either. For us, a treat mm -hmm. was some ice cream, and that didn't mm -hmm. last but a couple of days. And it was yeah. not often. Mm -hmm. So... You know, it, and it was okay, and it and it really, and I was actually, especially with Paul around with his taste. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, his, segments. Yeah, getting yeah, a taste of it's a whole taste bowl is going to be about a pint of ice cream. That's a taste. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I and I was pretty heavy when I was a young kid. Then when I hit puberty, I got skinny, and of course, mm -hmm. uh, doing martial arts later, I got leaner, and and then I, you know, doing strongman stuff, I got heavier again. But I was getting heavier with the new knowledge of protein, certain right. kinds of fats. And I was yeah, on a bulk. It, you weren't like, yeah, it I was doing it differently than it was done then. And a lot of mm -hmm. that technology and knowledge came from bodybuilders doing things in the seventies and eighties. Oh yeah. And it didn't get into the mainstream until two thousands. You saw them like, now you see like your brother is on a carnivorous diet. All he eats is meat. Yeah. And that's just part of that keto thing an was, omad carnivorous diet to be more right, specific right, um, right. one meal a day to be right, specific right. people and who don't know that out incredibly 
but he's yeah, happy yes. with himself, so that's well. But his blood levels are fine. He goes to the doc. Everything's going great. Of course, he's a young guy, too. But right. if you have insulin issues or other things, and we're not doctors, um, do some <laughs> yeah. research and check it out. However, that, that simply wasn't done. If you ate one meal a day when I was a kid, that's because you didn't have enough money for food mm -hmm. or something was wrong. Something yeah. else was wrong. You try no, I'm, I'm doing OMAD and um, it works, it, but it only works for me because I'm not doing nearly as much physical exertion as I used to. Right. If I had to, I would have to do at least two meals a day, at least two big yeah, meals a day. If you're working out, and, I, and I'll tell you, like I said, you, you remember when I was a kid, I was doing straw man stuff before it was cool. You know, yeah. <laughs> I was doing yeah. it and, and I got, you know, fairly strong and I've never done any chemical enhancements. And I, and I can say that with a straight face because I simply wasn't going to pay for it. And I wasn't sure what it was going <laughs> to do to my body. And I wanted to see what I could do, just me as I was. And I would never know that if I didn't have put in some years of work without anything else other than yeah. diet and other things. So I never did it, but I got to what would today be considered bottom level strongman, you know, amateur strongman. Um, and, but that's not bad because again, absolutely no chemical enhancements of any sort. Right. And, you know, I had decent levels of strength stuff that people could never reach no matter how much they worked out, I just wanted to see what I could do. And once I did that, I was fine. I had to back off because it was, it was tough to maintain that, that level of strength required perfect timing with workouts, eating and everything else. And I'll tell you this, I could get away with, a, if you're going to be exerting, say you're going to do uh, a hardcore weight training program, especially if you're going to do other things like hiking or uh, martial arts or anything like that, and just going to be exerting your body or you have a heavy labor job and you want to work out on top of that you need to eat at least four meals a day to maintain. yeah if you're going to be heavy workout and you have yeah. a very physically yeah. exertive job four meals yeah. is really not that out of the out of the no, question you need to eat four meals a day you don't yeah. need to eat more than that just as long as you make sure you get enough calories in throughout the day because you otherwise you're going to crash and you're not going to gain the muscle mass or recovery you need to, yeah. to keep your body with all the building blocks it needs. Lots of protein, which, you know, people knew when I was getting meat, milk, eggs, everybody knew that they just, they just weren't as sophisticated or dialed in as they are now about that. I mean, you mm -hmm. can make much more rapid progress now than you could then simply because, well, there was a bit of a, there was a bit of a cholesterol scare about not too long ago about the, um, eggs and meat being high cholesterol you know, and cholesterol I, is was I've just seen, bad for a lot yeah, a long time yeah long i've time, seen but. eggs be heroes and villains three different mm -hmm. times over yeah. the last 40 it's years. now a bit of a hero again because the yeah. bodybuilders super are super adamant about it so everybody's like and oh something this else super shredded guys saying it is that cholesterol is almost almost not completely but almost all genetic you can yeah. even do whatever you want and your cholesterol is going to be your cholesterol. Unless of course your diet is horrible, then yeah. of course your cholesterol is going to go up, you know, mm -hmm. but your diet would have to be atrocious for a long period yeah. of time. And, of and course, it's mostly you, a certain type of diet, you know, the, the yeah. LDL, the, um, yeah, you're eating low density lipoproteins all the time, all the time. And that's your mm -hmm. preference. And that's all you're going to eat. And some people do that. If you think you can eat, uh, fried chicken or chicken McNuggets, French fries uh, for lunch, uh, <laughs> uh, scrambled eggs and greasy bacon for breakfast, and some other type of fried food or heavy uh, greasy food for dinner every day for years and not have your cholesterol affected, something's wrong. And a lot of people do that. Or, oh no, I eat a healthy salad, but you don't talk about all, all the, the other, other stuff you, you ate, ate and you don't talk about week. The, the potato chips you eat on the mm -hmm. side it's like oh that's just a snack well you still put it in your mouth it counts mm -hmm. and i know a lot of people do that. well it's just a little bit it doesn't matter you're triggering a cascade of hormonal fluctuations in your body when you eat these yeah. things and it creates problems for you and it's going to affect your blood levels i think a lot of people are starting to catch on to this and it's so apparent to me when i see somebody that doesn't have a good diet the first thing i notice is their skin their skin immediately 
apparently shows how you're eating because so often yeah when you're young eating high oils yeah yeah especially when you're younger and you have a lot of hormones but when you're when you're not eating well your skin will completely show that i can usually tell from just seeing somebody like oh i don't have to see your body right now i can tell from your skin alone you're not eating well yeah like you're you're breaking out you have pits everywhere it's not restoring itself properly you have patches and stuff it's like yeah you're not eating well you're not, or you you're have not a clinical problem with your skin. Like that's the right. other one. And, and that's possible. But a lot mm-hmm. of times your diet will trigger that clinical problem with your skin. You have to get straight and people don't yeah. know that. Mm-hmm. And it's often a problem that you need to get checked out. Like I said, they'll check your blood levels out when you get blood drawn and ask for that specific thing. So go to your doc. Don't, don't think you can just run to the drugstore and smear something on your skin and make it <laughs> It's often, although that might fix it, but that's usually some sort of infect bacterial or fungal infection yeah, We're talking that's, yeah about that's something completely different a perpetual problem with your entire skin mm-hmm. and i've seen it change greatly the last time you could get good meals in re- even fast food it was real meat at fast food places because you know i was a teenager then and working and still going to school going to high school and working you could still go to mcdonald's and it would be a hamburger made out of beef and you knew yeah. it was, and it tasted like it. Cause I tasted beef from a cow that was killed the day before. I knew what it was supposed to taste like, and it tasted just like that. And mm-hmm. the vegetables were vegetables and the bread was bread. I don't know about McDonald's, but I, I, I will say this Burger King and Sonic is legit beef. I can tell by the taste of it. It's legit. And I'm not beef. saying it's not beef. I think it is too, mm-hmm. but it's different cuts. What grade it's, of beef? Yes. <laughs> I don't it's know. A different, different cuts are used, different fat amounts. The ground beef is different. I'm telling you, it tastes entirely different now. And it's not yeah. because I'm old and my palate is destroyed and I can't tell. <laughs> it is because I know what good beef tastes like. I've had it, grew up in a farm. Mm-hmm. And, and I've had it over the years. And I go to good restaurants and I know what that tastes like. And when you go taste that beef, and I believe it's beef. I don't believe they're lying about that. It yeah. does not taste like it used to taste. And it's mm-hmm. not because, oh, my memory doesn't know. My memory knows exactly what that tastes like. It tasted like a hamburger. That mm-hmm. does not taste like a regular beef hamburger to me. I'm sure it's regular beef, so I don't want to get into any legalese arguments here. Right. What I'm saying is I'm sure all those parts came from a dead cow. But mm-hmm. what I'm telling you is those parts are constituted differently than they were 40 years ago. Yeah, the mixture of chuck is mighty different yes, than when the you're cuts of beef, the amount of fat, the type of fat, the type of beef. And the other things are different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no that's, that's definitely believable. Um, I, just no to go back to having, a, to having a burger every day. I remember in the Air Force when I was going through uh, tech school and having a burger literally every day because the other options I just didn't care for. And they had cheeseburgers, double cheeseburger. I could have that every time. And I was like, that sounds good. I'm going to get that. And I did that the whole time I was there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and how'd you feel? I did notice... The only thing I noticed was I was putting I was putting more weight on, but I was also working out more because they had a yeah. whole gym system there. Right. So but great. you're eating more calories because you can work out more and you won't gain more weight if you're not eating higher calories. Right. That, that current trend of, oh, you need to make sure you get your macros. That's all well and good. But if your calories aren't right, you can eat a perfect diet. But if you're not eating more calories, you're not going to gain more muscle. Right. Plain and simple. Yeah. You'll gain an initial because you're just conditioning yourself. So you're gaining a little more and you'll lose a little fat, but your weight's going to maintain. But after the initial beginner phase, you know, a few months, you're done. Unless Mm -hmm. you start eating more calories, you're not going to gain more muscle after that initial shock phase to your body. That adaptive phase. There's a bulk and cut phase for natural bodybuilders anyway. Now, if you go into the peds and stuff, that's a whole other story. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking, I'm not talking. The people who are juiced, who are chemically enhanced, they don't, I'm not talking about them. I don't know about them. I had friends who were that and they always tried to get me to do it. And I was absolutely uninterested always. And I, to me, it was just cheating because sure you had to work. You had, still had to do the workout, but they got three times the results I did in the beginning mm-hmm. with doing the same thing because they Shorter had to recovery times. Yeah. yeah. And, and longer and sex then, times. And then it, and then it gained and it wasn't just three times the, the results. Then it became four times the results, then five, because now they were bigger. So they could increase. It was like a self-fulfilling prophecy. They were, they were gaining mm-hmm. steam. Of course, until they hit a plateau, you know, mm-hmm. but I was hitting plateaus too. And I, the only way I could get through it was 
change my diet, change my training or change my sleep patterns. There was no other way where they could just add more juice or do something else. Right. Uh, another, another type of juice uh, mm-hmm. or growth hormone or all sorts of different things you can do, different therapies and different things. I, that was not an option for me. I didn't want to do it. Right. And I'll say this, I'm alive and two of the guys I know are not. And I, yeah. think, I think one of them is due strictly to that because he was a, actually a amateur bodybuilder and tried to break into pro and didn't quite have it there, but he was close and he was that way for a long time. Won, won some tournaments and contests over the years. And the other guy, yeah, that might stopped. be another, um, that might he be another topic. Yeah. But, to but talk what I'm about saying the, uh, eating and diet, I, the, the reason why most people are just bigger is because more food's available and the food available is different than when I was a kid. So it's higher calories and they're more sedentary than they were. Yeah. 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 It's definitely a problem for us. Um, I think the worst thing that's come into fruition in the past, couple decades I, I suppose i mean i'm only 28 now but i know it, it was super prevalent about f- five to seven years ago i remember being just so over the diet fads that came out yeah over you're always and gonna over have them and over that's just and over that's just marketing garbage and i've seen yeah i can't tell you how many of those fads when i was a kid the grapefruit fad came in <laughs> and you would eat grapefruit Every time you were hungry, you would eat one grapefruit for three meals a day. That was big from, for your grandmother for a while. She lost some mm-hmm. weight and other women. And all it was was calorie restriction while still mm-hmm. trying to keep the juicing. Some, yeah. Essentially. And that's, this is the same, except now you have a little more minerals <laughs> yeah. and vitamins, but it was the grapefruit diet. Then you had, uh, the lemon and water diet, you know, the, mm-hmm. the cucumber that's still diet. A thing. Yes. And they, I saw all those things coming though, then come back. The only diets mm-hmm. that I saw were consistently that worked in the eighties and then later became banned was a product that was known <laughs> as Dexatrim. And the reason mm-hmm. it worked is because it was basically meth mm-hmm. <laughs> that was sold over mm-hmm. the counter. And the, the government said, you can't do this anymore. You were just speeding your, you just ramping your metabolism <laughs> up and you were burning off. So, and it worked, you know, people would get yep. skinny. All the high school girls were taking oh, it back I'm then. Sure. And they weren't big when I say mm-hmm. all good 90% were taking them and they weren't big. They were just scared to death of getting large because they like to eat (laughs) who doesn't. Right. Right. And they wanted to maintain their shapes. Now, again, when I was in high school, you could count on one hand, all the very obese people, one hand out of three or 400 people. One, it was 1% of the school. Mm -hmm. Now it's Uh, while I was growing up, a good half were obese. Easy. Yeah. And, uh, and you and don't mean me. overweight. You mean obese. I mean, yeah. obese. I mean, those yeah. guys and women could not run a lap. If they really tried, they wouldn't make it. They wouldn't make it. A lap being 440 meters around a race. Around a quarter a, of a mile. Yeah. Around a track, 440 meters. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I can see that. And a lot of people would have trouble with it only because they're horribly out of shape, not because they're overweight. But <laughs> if you're, but if you're not obese, you could make it at yeah. least. I know they couldn't make it. They couldn't make it. They'd yeah. have to, they couldn't. And that I know was, they couldn't. And that was teenagers. That was people in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty deplorable. Mm-hmm. That's pretty deplorable. And it's simply because their diets are that bad. And I hate running and I could at least run a mile when I was yeah, back. I hate there, running. There need, yeah, I do too. There, there needs to be some personal responsibility, especially when you're an adult. You need to look it up for yourself. But, you know, most people don't care. They just want to, that's why you see all these diet fads come and go. People know they don't want to be that way so they try mm-hmm. to, to find a quick fix and somebody's always willing to come out with a quick fix to say yeah. no you don't have to work out no you can keep eating what you want to just take this pill it'll all go away mm-hmm. there was another pill that came out in the 90s i remember it's called chriso something or other or Chriso something and what it did was and i think it's still available in a different name by a different company you swallow two pills every two hours and whatever you ate the fat from that would the pill would gather together and you would eliminate it instead of being processing it your body would not pick it up because it mm. would attach to the fat and it would keep it from being metabolized it so would it keep would go, the lipids from processing yes, it yes and your of course your stool would be greasy and Ooh, oily i'm sure 
and you know there were many uh, <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> there were many uh-oh sharks going on but, <laughs> mm-hmm. but oh, i remember the uh diet potato chips that did that oh yes and i think <laughs> that that might that was a different different thing that did that the mm-hmm. the oleo type thing <laughs> what that was is like margarine diet uh, potato chips but awesome no that was a pill before the diet potato chips come out which makes no sense to me but that was a mm-hmm. pill that would make keep you from metabolizing the fat and it worked the problem is it had so many side effects and made people's stomachs cramp and made their stool that they ended up just going under because people realized that the uh, probably suing them yeah and the reason why it worked is because it would put you in a calorie deficit because all that fat because fat has the highest amount of calories you know per gram so all that fat wasn't going to be absorbed as long as you took those pills like you were supposed to. You're going to eliminate it in, in your feces. So you weren't getting as much calories in your body. Yeah, imagine doing that instead of just eating better. Like There's so much work involved in yeah. this. I know they're like, oh, I'm just taking a pill. So it's not that much. Bulk, you're just but... not being reasonable at all, are you? You're just, <laughs> just, you're just making people. I don't want to have to worry about not, defecating making... in my pants. You right. You're I mean? just making people not eat much and eat the right things. And that's just not reasonable. That's just. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so do you remember how the uh, food pyramid started and i did a little bit of research on no this. that was actually started before my time but it was preached when i was in elementary and uh, junior high school the so early. technically the food pyramid as i know it and probably you know it as well was in 1992 or 1994 depending no, on it, it. yes it was out. there was a wheel a food wheel in 1940 which started no they taught a food pyramid before i was born i remember reading the books on it before okay then. yeah and and they're just see they're rewriting history that's a whole other topic i i know for a fact because i remember in elementary school the teachers pointing to it as if it was some revelation from on high that most of your diet should come from grains and that's where you're eating cereals and Mm -hmm. uh, breads and rices and corn and things like that easily processed easily sold things and bulk and cheap and sure, uh, that's if you're in the depression, that's what people ate because that was all that was available and it was cheap mm-hmm. and it's all you could buy and get your hands on oats and all that. That's what horses eat all And the it time. gave you energy, carbohydrates. And it does give you energy and it's complex if as long as you don't uh, add sugar to it and other things. But it right. does help and it's, it is something to eat, but that should not be 60% of what you're putting in your body. Right. That was supposed to be the bottom of the pyramid. Most of what you're putting in your body then next up from there should be fruits and vegetables. And that was one category. They were not separate. And that should mm-hmm. be like 30% yeah. of what you're They're putting in your body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then up from, of course, that might've been what they were teaching little kids too, but that's what I mm-hmm. remember. But I remember the teacher talked about the government came out with this in the, in the 19, uh, late 1940s after World War II and tried to figure out the best way that yep. family should be eating because people just didn't know back then. Now, remember, mm-hmm. I'm listening to this in 1973 about, right? Mm-hmm. So they were talking about this as it happened probably about uh, 25 years before. Mm-hmm. And she was talking at the very top, very top was meat. And it was, you know, just small portions. And it was because it was super expensive back then. And you, it wasn't that available to get. And they didn't want people to feel bad, I think. And they probably know that you could live on not a whole lot of meat as long as you had plenty of grains plenty plenty of vegetables and plenty of fruits to eat with it you were going to be fine right now i would say that you need to throw most of that out and vegetables fruits and vegetables ought to be the bottom that's a be most of what you eat i say most of it out the ideas of what they're perpetuating and oh by the way sugar was not listed on the food pyramid at all that was mm-hmm. like it was, an, but it was in everything almost. Yeah. And, or if you bought it at a store, it was on every, if you grew it yourself, it wasn't there. But fruits and vegetables ought to be on the bottom. And a lot of people advocate is you should be eating more fruits than anything else. That's what we'd be eating, plucking from hmm. the tree and eating like that. I can see their reasoning for that. I'm not a, I'm not an expert on it, although I'm a dietitian. Some, <laughs> yes. I'm not a sort of, and even then, a lot of stuff they have because they're taught from people who don't know they're trying to reinvent the wheel and have been, they've been wrong many times on things. So even if you are yeah. a dietitian, 
you probably were taught improperly. I'm telling you what worked for me and what I see works for other people. That's, I think that's the biggest thing I wanted to get on was the dietitian field is so wishy-washy because that's because they don't know. They're like a, they're like a meteorologist. They can be right. wrong 50% of the time and still yeah. have a job. It's crazy. Right. That's because they don't know and they're trying to figure yeah. it out. And it's super case by case situation. And they get lied to. And then after, uh, like anthropology and archaeology, once they realize this lie has been encased in their methodology, nobody wants to give it up and say, you mean I oh, got we a PhD in something <laughs> that's totally wrong? I got a PhD. Mm -hmm. I did my thesis on this and it was totally wrong, but everybody made this as part of the new culture. And this is our scientist. It wasn't, it wasn't, it was dead wrong. And that's yeah. what happens a, a lot and it of takes, times. It takes decades for that to be sure, remedied if it ever you, is. Right. The person has to basically die. And then mm -hmm. a new guy, who a new genius comes about with a new breakthrough that is slowly accepted because people have to slowly let go of the old things. And mm -hmm. that's what happens with everything. But in the meantime, we're being killed by the food industry <laughs> in many ways because we're being fed these lines because they're trying to sell their product. I think mostly we should be eating fruits and vegetables at the bottom, then meats and breads as a, as a tertiary thing. The most common I see is vegetables being the main priority. So vegetables, number one, and right. then it's maybe grains, no. um, maybe grains, maybe dairy is some of them. And then I, to me, I don't see why protein isn't more down in the pyramid level as a base value system. See, I'm I, surprised by that. It's usually a, at least a third tier, if not a fourth tier, which is that? surprising to me. Proteins as in yeah, meats. And that's because dietitians think proteins cause your kidneys to work too hard. You know what causes your kidneys to work too hard? Sugar and simple yeah. carbs. And they do not want to acknowledge that. But mm -hmm. they have more diabetics now than they've ever had before. Mm -hmm. And that can be contributed directly to their diet. Yep. Type how 2 much, diabetes is most yep, prevalent. How much sugar they eat and how mm -hmm. many simple carbs they eat and how they graze throughout the day rather than just eat meals. Like I'm more comfortable now at my age and my activity level eating two meals a day. That, I've, had, I've heard horror me. stories on type 2 diabetes diagnosis over and over again where these people are, are saying – these doctors are pushing these people to take these prescriptions when the person, all they have to do is change their diet. The doctor doesn't even acknowledge that as an option to them. Nope. They're telling them to take all these, and these things have terrible side effects for them. Like, well, this one right. did this, this, this to me, doctor, we'll try and this I'm, one instead. And I'm going to be the, the, I'm going to be a, a devil's advocate here and simply say, as a doc, you're just trying to cure them. And that person obviously isn't going to change their diet because it's common knowledge. You can't eat ice cream every day, chips and uh, sugar uh, talk, um, croissants and, you know, pop tarts sure. for breakfast every day. And that's the bulk of your diet and not expect to get diabetes. So he's yeah. not addressing that because he mm -hmm. knows they're going to do it anyway. And he can't, so here, take this pill. Yeah. I definitely see that side of it. I'm not saying that doctors don't have some type of, of legitimate reasoning for this or justification mm -hmm. of, of, of approaching it that way of treating the symptoms. Um, but at the same time, for you to not even approach them and give them the knowledge about how that could help them. And then don't yeah, even give them the chance. I, that you know, seems I, again, I think as a or, grown individual, you have to know this by now. You have, this is not, this is everybody. Knows I would this. say, I would say after dealing with, with the public for so right. long, I just can't give them the benefit of the doubt of them having knowledge on common. But even knowledge. if they know I it, just can't give it to them anymore. They're not going to change. Yeah. Well, I would say I would agree with that if they weren't going to change and you gave them the chance to change. But I've heard even terrible anecdotal stories. Now, this isn't me collecting data. This is me hearing from multiple people of essentially mm -hmm. the same anecdotal. situation. Mm -hmm. Yes, this is anecdotal. So take that as you will, as you will with it. But they've changed their diet and they're and they're still taking these pills. And the pills are essentially lower your blood pressure, lower your blood sugar levels and all that. Well, they don't need the pills anymore. And they're like, hey, doc, I don't need to take these pills anymore because I'm, I'm off the diet. And the, the doctors essentially tell them to keep taking the pills. Well, that's because, yeah, they don't know if it's because of the pills or they change their diet because people lie, as you mentioned. Right. And they say like, the reason why your stuff is lowered is because you're taking the pills. So that's right. As a scientist, that's what they see. Mm -hmm. But I would say you could temporarily try it. And again, this is not an advocate for doing do what the doctor tells you. They're the doctor. Right. But you know, it's your body after all. I, if it were me, I would personally try it out to see if that were it, especially mm -hmm. if I knew I lost weight and I changed my diet and this was better. Mm -hmm. I'd start taking them and see, but again, that's me, but I haven't 
needed it. The closest I came to it, I was in a spell where I didn't want to do anything. Work was stressful. I, I have, my thing is ice cream. That's my sweet tooth. Mm. And I was eating ice cream almost every day as a treat <laughs> after, after supper. And then all of a sudden I was having headaches and I, and I knew I was having these issues and I got my blood work done. He goes, you know, you're not, you're not diabetic, but this is the worst I've ever seen your blood sugar. I'm like, okay. He goes, if, if you keep doing this, we're going to have to monitor you. It's like, I got it. I, I know what's going to happen. And it was directly because of that ice cream splurge I did for a few months and I stopped mm-hmm. doing it. And then next time everything was fine. And it was because it was, I was eating too much sugar and I don't eat, I didn't, I wasn't eating sugar any other time. Right. I don't eat sugar any other time. The only time I eat simple carbs is if I'm eating a sandwich or a mm-hmm. hamburger and I'm eating bread with it, you know, because it's between two slices. That's it. I do eat potatoes. I do eat rice, but it's typically with something else that'll slow it down. But I don't eat much sugar at all. I don't eat many simple carbs. Usually mm-hmm. it's, I love salads. I love soups, stews, that kind of thing. I like omelets. Um, I take that back. I do have a predilection for pancakes. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, not a big pancake fan, honestly. Waffles yeah. are my, my go-to and, if I'm ever going to do that. Yeah, and then the syrup on top of it, that can't be good for you. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's, my, that's my other one. Pancakes with syrup and ice cream. That's the only two sugary things I eat. Mm-hmm. And it's not terribly often. And I can well, tell- I'm, hoping, um, I'm hoping that people really as people get more knowledgeable on diets and how it severely impacts their life and how they can change well, they have, their diet they have severely to want to the first thing is you have to be aware of what yourself and and be honest with yourself about what you're actually eating what you're doing what's out there and that hey i could do this a better way so I mm-hmm. yeah well as that goes on um i hope doctors start approaching things differently instead of just giving people pills to that's treat the whole, symptom yeah that's a whole different issue uh, yeah dietitians definitely yeah. what are we doing next week um what are we doing next week i thought you told me i did tell you and now i've forgotten <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe oh totally cancel good. culture yeah, see, it works so well. You couldn't remember. That's what they want to do. <laughs> Cancel culture. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And when I was a kid, it was called shunning. They would be shunned. Right. Of course, I'm not 200 years old. That was a common thing back in the 18th, 19th century uh, in the rural areas. But it was still used in rural areas as like those people were shunned. Nobody have anything to do with them. And that's essentially what cancel culture is trying to do. And well, I think about 200 gonna... years ago, they did uh, the old burning at the stake. Good old no, method. they would just kick you out of the village. Nobody talked <laughs> to you. Nobody do business with you. Nobody. But that was just that village. Like, uh, as we were discussing before this started, you go to another village. Right. Now you can't hide. Everything's all interconnected, live all the time. You, we know who you are. We know where you are. We know what you're doing. So if you get canceled now, it's pretty yeah. bad. If you enrage the masses some type of way. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. And we'll talk to you next week. I'm Boomer X. I'm Millennial Z. Take care. Peace.